the offseason. It's those quiet months between the Super Bowl and season kickoff, punctuated by brief moments of excitement surrounding free agency, the draft, training camp, and the NFL preseason, all in preparation for America's most popular sport. What seems like placid water on the surface is really an environment of change, uncertainty, and always a brewing sense of optimism for any NFL organization. For the Carolina Panthers, the 2018 offseason was anything but placid. And while the traditional currents below remain normal, there was a storm above that made for choppy seas. Welcome to The Vault, a podcast that looks into stories locked deep in the sports world. Season 1, an uncertain offseason, looks deeper into the Carolina Panthers' 2018 offseason. Those traditional currents that all NFL teams must navigate but also at the storm above to get a better vision of just how this voyage of the 2018 season will be. Episode 1, Uncertain Footing. On Sunday, just hours after SI broke the news detailing allegations of sexual harassment and racist behavior involving Jerry Richardson, the Carolina Panthers owner then announced he is selling the team at the end of the season. The news shocked the football world and signaled an uncertain offseason ahead for fans who had already had deep-seated fears surrounding the future sale of the team after Jerry Richardson one day passed away. Would the team stay in Charlotte? Would a new owner work to honor that Panther tradition that celebrated the Shield and place what was believed to be the highest priority on creating a model organization of integrity? Those questions were no longer looming on the horizon, but now at the doorstep of Panther fans who were rocked by the news that Richardson, the man that so many had viewed as the model of character the organization mirrored, was accused of habitual sexual harassment, the use of racial slurs in reference to employees, and creating a hostile work environment. The lore of this organization was built upon character and integrity. It's celebrated before games with the Keep Pounding Drum. It's memorialized with the statue of Sam Mills at Bank of America and appeared to be the guiding light of an organization where the dark clouds of Ray Carruth were now replaced by inspirations like Sam Mills, Mark Fields, and Thomas Davis. The inspired owner who had played in the Ice Bowl who brought the team to the Carolinas, who has a close personal relationship with the Rooney family, and for all intents and purposes has tried to model the team after the Pittsburgh Steelers, has been the lighthouse that helped the organization always find its way. Tumult was not supposed to come from the top. The steady foundation had been shook, and that wasn't supposed to happen. The Panthers tried to get ahead of the Sports Illustrated story that would break on December 17, 2017, when they announced that minority owner and former White House Chief of Staff Erskine Bowles would head an investigation into workplace misconduct allegations against Jerry Richardson. It was a puzzling announcement at the time, but it started to make a little more sense two days later when SI published an expose titled Jerry Richardson, Panthers have made multiple confidential payouts for workplace misconduct, including sexual harassment, 
and use of a racial slur. Richardson immediately announced he'd be selling the team at the end of the season. It was bombshell news that would be the storyline of the Panthers offseason until that sale was completed in May with the acquisition of the team by billionaire David Tepper. Uncertainty surrounded the whole event as the scandal broke and fans watched a bidding war ensue that was highlighted by names ranging from Sean P. Diddy Combs to Amazon Titan Jeff Bezos and even Michael Rubin, founder of Fanatics. It's not every day that a professional sports team is put up for sale, but it's especially rare in the NFL. The movement of two professional teams to Los Angeles the year before had fans anxious as two names ultimately made the short list of serious bidders. Charleston's Ben Navarro and billionaire hedge fund manager David Tepper. The anxiety of transitioning to new ownership was only complicated by the details that continued to emerge surrounding Jerry Richardson. The man who dictated that Cam couldn't get any tattoos or piercings if he was going to be the face of the franchise. The man with the bombastic statue between two giant panthers outside of Bank of America Stadium. The man who requested people call him Mista was sexually harassing females and even throwing around racial slurs casually. The initial SI story reported, quote, Friday was Jeans Day, when most staffers at the Carolina Panthers team offices would wear denim to work. The female employees knew what that meant, as the team's owner, Jerry Richardson, made his rounds on the way to his spacious office. He would ask women to turn around so he could admire their backsides. Then, in his rolling southern drawl, he offered comment, drawing from a store of one-liners he'd recycle each week. Among those in the heaviest rotation, show me how you wiggle to get those jeans up. Bet you had to lay down on your bed to fit in those jeans. Did you step into those jeans or did you have to jump into them? One of the main indictments is that this just wasn't an old man who made a few inappropriate but innocent comments, but one who had created a hostile work environment while insulating himself over the years through multiple confidential caste settlements coupled with non-disclosure and non-disparagement clauses in what SI described as, quote, a means to shield the owner and the organization from further liability and damaging publicity. Richardson, in this initial report, worked gradually by starting with kind gestures and pleasant interactions before pivoting to inappropriate, intimate behavior. Looking back, one former employee says he was gaining our trust before doing things he shouldn't be doing. The story outlined repeated reports from women who claimed that Richardson would summon them to his private office where, when alone, he would awkwardly ask the women to massage his feet or even to allow him to shave their legs. Over the next months, more information about Richardson's actions were detailed by a former employee who claimed she was no longer bound by the non-disclosure agreement she had signed because of comments made by Texans owner Bob McNair. McNair had noted how Richardson had spoke candidly with fellow owners about the allegations, stating he turns out to be innocent and that, quote, 
Some of the comments could have been made jokingly. I'm sure he didn't mean to offend anybody. In a long-form letter that called out McNair as clueless and uncompassionate and described Panthers coach Ron Rivera as insensitive, the former female employee detailed an uncomfortable environment where Richardson left her creepy and sexually charged handwritten notes, which she kept even though he requested she destroy them, and a series of encounters where he requested she turn around so he could admire her in jeans and even massaged her legs from feet to crunch. The scandal would ultimately shroud the Hall of Famer and founder of the Carolina Panthers' legacy in shame, but also reap a financial windfall to the tune of $2.3 billion. If the Richardson scandal and sale wasn't enough, more uncertainty surrounded the Carolina Panthers' offseason when the team announced that interim general manager Marty Herney had been placed on administrative leave after harassment allegations by his ex-wife. The Richardson scandal had overshadowed another uncertain element for the organization. They were without a permanent general manager. In a shocking move just days before the beginning of the 2017 training camp, Richardson fired then-general manager Dave Gettleman from what looked like to be an effort to head off any conflict between two fan-favorite players in Greg Olson and Thomas Davis. Both had expressed dissatisfaction with their contracts, and Gettleman had a reputation for playing hardball with aging vets who thought they were still worth premium money. Harney, who had been the Panthers' general manager from 2002 through 2011, was brought back as interim GM until they hired a permanent replacement. It quickly became clear that Richardson was done with his axeman and he was likely going to install Herney as a permanent replacement. It was odd, ironic even, but in so many ways reflective of Richardson's ownership style. Richardson's sudden sale of the team, however, complicated this transition. It wasn't a transition that was all that straightforward before the sale either. Many had already questioned if Herney was to be named GM, would that comply and honor the Rooney Rule? The Rooney Rule requires all NFL teams to interview an ethnic minority candidate for all coaching and senior executive positions. If the team were to hold these interviews, would they be for show only? The scandal and sale made Herney's position more tenuous and the accusations levied by his ex-wife create an opportunity for an organization embroiled in scandal to turn the page by cutting ties with Herney. All of a sudden, interviews that were likely going to be a dog and pony show could become real opportunities for the team to stake out a new direction. With the draft fast approaching, Carolina cobbled together interviews with Jim Ray III from the Houston Texans and Lake Dawson with the Buffalo Bills. But the NFL cleared Herney to return on February 16, and Carolina quickly moved to install Herney as the permanent GM. Herney regained his footing when Carolina aggressively courted and signed cornerback Bashad Breeland. That's right. They are expected to sign former now Redskins cornerback Bashad Breeland, uh, who has been incredibly uh, productive in the Redskins secondary. Battled some injuries the last couple of years. Uh, kind of been up and down, but certainly the talent is really no question. 
They, they traded Worley. Now they're going to get Bashad Breeland a, a big-time position of need and probably lets them go into the draft and just take best player available, which is something that uh, this organization certainly cherishes anyway. So for the, the Carolina Panthers, say hello to us in free agency with a pretty big-time uh, addition in the defensive backfield. It was a popular move even among Herney's critics. Carolina had thrown in their hat in the free agency for the first time in a long time. Most viewed Breland as a young, underrated talent who had both the experience and playmaking ability that could quickly help turn around Carolina's most vulnerable position group. What was thought to be solid ground turned out to be uncertain footing. News surrounding Breland's contract, which seemed readily available and public at first, suddenly disappeared. It was quiet, a little too quiet. Three days later, Carolina announced that Breland had failed his physical and they would be moving on to other interests in free agency. Sparse details would eventually surface, indicating that Breland had some, suffered some sort of bizarre foot injury while vacationing in the Dominican. Reports varied from him having his foot run over by a golf cart to a random golf ball striking his foot and reopening an old injury from grade school. It was the infection that followed that posed the real problems. Breland would need a series of skin grafts to repair the foot injury. It is something that has to this point still prevented him from signing with the team. The offseason remains a place where hopes are renewed and every team finds themselves once again on even footing. For the Carolina Panthers, however, the offseason was one of uncertain footing that was complicated by monumental changes surrounding the Jerry Richardson scandal and the sale of the team. It's a period of transition for every organization. Players retire, move on in free agency, undergo surgery to correct issues often hidden from the public, and coaches are fired and replaced every year. It's a period of rebirth and one where every team hopes to take a positive step forward. For Carolina, the foundation had been rocked and Richardson's sale and saga threatened to infect, and much like Breland's, the organization's footing. Next on The Vault, Carolina turners the page after firing offensive coordinator Mike Shuler and replacing him with North Turner, a titan among offensive minds. It's a storyline that will definitely color the 2018 season and has already divided Panther Nation. If you enjoyed this episode of The Vault and you want more stories like this, be sure to continue listening. And also, tell a friend about the podcast. Each share can help us continue to bring interesting and fascinating stories.